It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. What's up, Bills Mafia? Welcome into another episode of Shout Football Podcast covering your Buffalo Bills. I am Matt Perino. My, my host, as always, is Ryan Talbot. We have a great episode for you tonight, but it's a little bit wonky. It's a little bit all over the place. We tried some different things. Uh, I thought it was a fun time, but I wanted to explain a little bit before we started so you have an understanding of how this thing goes. We had Jason Tardick on the show tonight, uh, Buffalonian, uh, who appeared on season 14 of The Bachelorette. And he was in today because he's a huge Bills fan, uh, very popular. I think his Instagram account is almost up to a million followers. Uh, just a fun guy to talk to. And we had a 45-minute chat with him tonight, and we we really enjoyed it. We brought in Heather Prusak, a uh, sports reporter from Channel 4. She helped uh, lead the way uh, to lead the show, I should say. Uh, at the beginning because she watched The Bachelorette and she watches The Bachelor. So I thought who better to uh, fire off some questions at Jason than her. So she she let things off and we talked about uh, his time on the show. We then we then kind of moved toward his Bills fandom and what made him a Bills fan and and uh, just all the different things that go into being a part of this wonderful group uh, called Bills Mafia. And then we're joined by a, a special guest also and, and a hopefully a recurring host on the show, co-host on the show, Corinne Genovese. She is a local Buffalonian product as well. She went to Williamsville North High School, uh, went on to Missouri, uh, one of the greatest softball players in Western New York history. Uh, but she's also a huge Bills fan and at one time had had hopes of getting into sports media. And so we thought, hey, let's link those two things together, bring her on the podcast, bring a, bring a female uh, voice and, and vantage point to the show. So she comes on. She actually knows Jason. Uh, they're, they're friends. Uh, so that added a, a nice dynamic to the conversation. And then at the end of the show, uh, we have a segment where we, we kind of go through some some topics that she brought to the show that we wanted to talk about, Ryan and I. And uh, we just go around the horn a little bit. And uh, we hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, without any further ado, here it is, our interview with Jason Tardick. Bills Mafia, happy Wednesday night. Welcome into another episode of Shout, uh, the Buffalo football podcast that covers your Buffalo Bills. I am Matt Perino, joined as always by my co-host Ryan Talbot, bottom to the left, and we got a full house tonight. We're very excited to welcome in uh, our our co-host for the evening, Heather Prusak from Channel 4, and our special guest, Jason Tartik from The uh, Bachelorette. My man, he's driving back to Buffalo right now, looking good in the car, got the sunroof. Thanks so much for taking the time. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. The irony of the fact that I'm driving back to Buffalo, it's just a beautiful thing. So I apologize when uh, I'm staring at the road, but it's, it's good to be here. And thanks for having me, guys. Awesome. Well, so I got a, a, a little bit of a, a admission here to start the show. I, I've never seen an episode of The Bachelor or Bachelorette. Shame on me. So I had to go to the bullpen. And bring in Heather, who is an expert. And listen, how bad is it that I put out all of our promo stuff and I said, star from season 14 of The Bachelor, 
Jason Tardick. Here's the Bachelorette. What am I doing out here? So I'm going to hand things over to Heather for a few minutes here. Go ahead. All right. All right. Hey, Jason, thanks so much for taking the time to do this. Um, you know, I know that you've answered these questions a million times, but we got to start from the beginning. How was it that you, you know, how did this whole thing come about where you were on The Bachelor? I can't hear anything here. Oh, you can't hear her. Did you mute me? I can't me? hear her, no. I, and sometimes I mute you. Like, um, Oh, thanks. Yeah, no, if you, from time to time, it works out for us. Let's see if you can. Let's see if I can hear it. <laughs> okay, so let's start with the beginning where, how did this all come about where you were able to be on The Bachelorette in the first place? Like, when did that all start? How'd you get the invite, all that? Okay, so how did it all start for you in terms of appearing on The Bachelorette, in terms of um, what did you have to do to get on the show? How were you invited? Things of that nature. Yeah, for sure. So um, actually when I lived back in Rochester, I worked for a bank and we did this charity event that was sponsored. The bank sponsored me to do it. It was called uh, the Gilda's Club Bachelor Auction. And so what they did was like every person in their company would put some money up and we would have to go out and they kind of auctioned us off for a date. You come out, you dance, you have fun, try and get the crowd into it. You win like a date package and every dollar goes to Gilda's Club. Purpose of Gilda's Club is to raise money for families undergoing uh, cancer treatment. And so um, I, I went out there that night to old time rock and roll dance my ass off excuse me if i shouldn't have said ass oh I no you're good <laughs> okay and um i raised the most money of like whatever the 20 guys and so that was march of 2017 i then moved to seattle in about september of 17 and randomly in october late october i had a call i had a voicemail it's actually no joke i was hung over sunday morning i have a voicemail and it's from the abc the back Bachelor, hey, we got this video of you dancing in Gilded Club Bachelor auction. Um, would you, are you still single? And they're like, if so, please give us a call back. I'm thinking it's a prank phone call. And it was actually a producer. And so I, uh, I gave him a shout back and that's what kind of got the process going. And the whole process, that's a whole different, dis you know, I'm, I'm happy to talk about it, but that's a long, long discussion too. <laughs> Any idea how they ended up getting that tape in their hands of, of you dancing at that or? I'm still trying to figure that out. So there was, there's probably like 2,500 people there. And so there's a big audience there. And so I know they were doing some streaming on Gilda's Club the videos and we repurposed them and put them all over so they were out there everywhere uh how they came across it i, I don't know jason can you hear me now i can hear you oh yay. okay yay oh, <laughs> all right okay good 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 yay technology um let's just uh you know how crazy is it for you you know your life is just so different since this all happened i mean you look at your instagram your you know twitter you've got thousands and thousands and thousands of followers i mean just um you know what is your life like since this all started and just you know how crazy is it for you it, it is honestly very surreal. I still like you say that. And like my brain's like, like how, how the hell is this happening? What is happening? It's so weird. Um, I think one of the things through it all is like, I've just tried to continue to just always be myself and not let any of that really change the person I am, the message I have and like just how I treat things. So that's one. And then the second thing is, 
I, I didn't really have expectations. I think that was a interesting thing is I didn't, I wasn't really a social media guy. I, I was like, Hey, I, I kind of, I, I enjoy my life now. If this doesn't work out, like I go back to whatever and figure it out. And so it all just changed drastically. And as I say all this, almost every aspect of my life has changed where I live, what I do for work, mm-hmm. who I'm dating. So it's, um, it's really, it's been a full 180. I never saw it coming. And, um, you know, I'm grateful for the opportunity that, you know, it's presented, which is just, it's still to me. So it's so surreal. It's crazy. Speaking of who you're dating, you know, you didn't find, (laughs) I don't want to sound like Chris Harrison when I say this, but you didn't find love on the bad. Okay. No, I do. I said, I sound like Chris Harrison. Um, You do. It's pretty good. Things didn't work out with Becca, obviously, but that led to, you know, this whole bachelor, you know, universe that people are connected and whatever. And now you're with Caitlin and you guys seem so happy. Um, You know, how are things going with her and, you know, just how great has it been to, you know, get connected with her, date her and, um, you know, build your life together so far? Yeah, for sure. You know, it's like one of these things like any no matter what you're doing in life, right? Like you take a new job or a new position or you meet a new group of friends, you relocate, whatever. You have no idea what like one new door, one new opportunity is going to lead to. And so, yeah, it didn't work out with Becca. And I kind of went I went back to Seattle, went back to work full time. And Caitlin's podcast came to Seattle. I did a podcast with her kind of hit it off and when i say hit it off i hit it off with her she put me in the friend zone friend zone for a few months and um you know here we are a year and a half later uh dating so like wildly thankful before the opportunity things are going great with us both live in nashville together we rescue two golden retrievers and um we just have such a solid balance in our relationship and the fact that Honestly, they say opposites attract. We really are so opposite. Like Caitlin is wild, wildly creative and like very candid with all of her thoughts and emotions and, and emotional, which isn't a bad thing. It's who she is. And I would say I'm more kind of like relaxed, composed, politically correct. And we're just totally different. But it's we bring out the best in one another. And I think that's what's like really made our relationship successful, which has been fun. I had to laugh because um, we were, my fiance and I, a couple weeks ago when they showed Caitlyn's season, we were also following along with Caitlyn's Instagram, <laughs> her like live streaming things and taking questions. And just to see like your mom on the couch with her and your parents and everything, it just seems like such a good dynamic with you guys so far it's so funny yeah yeah it's a good fit it's funny because my mom's 60th birthday was tuesday so monday we got into town and uh, you know the whole season re-airing like at the end of the day no one wants to see someone they're in love with on tv <laughs> dating 30 other dudes so i was like yeah maybe we should just like not watch it or, bring, or maybe watch it on your own we get to my parents house and we're like, yeah, her, you know, her season's re-airing. My mom's like, hell yeah, we're watching that. I got the fireball ready. So my dad was like, all right, well, you know, I'll fire up the cards. You and I can play poker. They go watch the show. It's going to work out. And you know what? It, it, all, it all worked out. That's so funny. And then, you know, kind of just last question I have for you. Um, you know, I think it's so cool that you know, we were even talking about this before we started, um, the live stream is, you know, when, when people like this from Buffalo, they – people from Buffalo love Buffalo, you know that, and you still like represent the city so well, and you still talk about it and promote it. Um, you know, how important is your hometown to you still, especially 
especially the Bills and Bills Mafia. Yeah, I mean, it's honestly, it's everything, right? This is like, I think Buffalo's like, I've been, I've had the fortune of like traveling a lot and seeing a lot of different cities and going internationally to different places. And there's nowhere in the world like Buffalo, New York. And I just think the people, the community, the continuity, the fans, there are no fans anywhere, any stadium, any sport like Buffalo. And, um, all my closest friends are in the Buffalo and Rochester area. I still have family in the area, and that will always be a part of me. As I'm on my way back to Buffalo right now, I will always be visiting as much as I can, and uh, I'm ready for another season here. Fingers crossed that we have one. So, uh, yeah, Buffalo means the world to me. As much as I can get any Buffalo news and headlines out there with this weird platform that I now have, <laughs> I'm pumping it out there. That's for sure. Hey, that's you got to use it, right? <laughs> that's right. That's awesome. Uh, we're going to get some Bill stuff here, but I do have a quick bone, pun intended, to pick with you. I watched your, yeah. your Journey episode, and, and, you, and you, you got to Acre Bar? <laughs> so, now that i'm now that i'm off the contract i can uh my can NBA talk contract, i can talk about so <laughs> i didn't we had ideas for what you want to do right and you come up with some creative but at the end of the day they're the ones that are making those decisions and so uh i listen i'm an anchor bar fan i'm also a duffs fan gabriel gate fan i could go Cheers. jack's place i could go on and on about some of the classics but uh that's where we uh we did it and i'm i'm, I'm a fan of anchor bar so it all worked out except the chicken wing episode, what they did there is we're doing this chicken wing eating contest and I bit the chicken wing so hard trying to win it that my tooth cracked in half. <gasps> so the whole night I was like, I had to sign mouth, like talk and the producers had to try and try and like edit where I was sitting and stuff based on the fact my whole tooth was pretty much gone. <laughs> oh my gosh. I can't think of a worse show for that to happen on. Hey, that is that is compete, Barrett. That is like some hard compete. (laughs) Oh, so great! Awesome. Well, Heather, thank you so much for coming in here and leading us off. You are awesome. I'll let and get my tooth fixed. Um, we are going to keep it rolling, but you can find Heather on Twitter. Go, go look her up channel four. Thank you so much for joining us. Bye guys. Have fun. Talk to you later. Thanks, Jason. All right. So bills fan, big bills fan. I I saw your post, um, over on, uh, Instagram after the Houston game, take me back there because listen, I know as a guy that's grown up in this city and that's been around this team my whole life and I'll cover it for a living how important that moment was with a, with finally a good team and a, and a chance to win in a playoff game. How tough was that one for you? That one was heartbreaking. It's funny because I told Caitlin, I said, listen, if they make it to the playoffs, I don't care. We are going. Like, we're doing it. And so they make it to the playoffs. And then Caitlin had a business obligation she had to fulfill, so she couldn't. So I was just calling anyone, like all my buddies, like, hey, who could come? Who could come? And um, went down there, made the trip. And the craziest thing about it, again, you go back to the Buffalo fan base and how loyal and just incredible we are, is it was like the most nonchalant feeling in the world being at this game. Like Houston, Texas fans, yeah, yeah, you know, there's a game on tonight. It was very casual. The tailgate was the most, the tamest thing I've ever seen. And then in the stadium, when the Bills had obviously the first great drive and were, were building momentum, 
you literally couldn't hear, like you could hear a pin drop. It was so deflated. Most, a lot of people left the game and there was no like, we're going to fight. We're going to win this back. Like it was just so irritating because the fans just clue uh, to like, I feel as though the loyalty we share and to see them just like not even that into it and then try and rally at the end and for the bills to have it taken away from them. It was like, it was just gut wrenching, gut wrenching. It's funny you mention that because Matt and I were out at uh, one of the malls there in Houston the night before the game. And one thing I said to him is that I don't see anyone wearing Houston Texans gear. There were so many Bills fans walking that mall and, and some fans representing other Houston teams, but hardly ever te- uh, hardly any Texans gear. So that, that's funny that you did mention that. Now, even though it was a heartbreaking loss, do you think maybe it was a blessing in disguise because it led Brendan Bean to saying, boy, we really need a number one wide receiver on this team, which now led to them trading for Stephon Diggs? Yeah, you know what? Yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? And I think if you look at this past season and you know in no way shape or form and i am i a sports analyst but from what i do pay attention to like defensively we're one of the best defenses in the league and offensively you know we struggle to put points up and i think one of the biggest question marks like that you, you gotta ask as a fan is like where is our deep ball like where is the big play when's it gonna happen and I think when you got a guy like um, Diggs, it's just his, he's got such, such a vertical uh, an athlete and a threat downfield that if, if Josh Allen can get it to him, which he clearly has the arm to do, it, it can totally change, I feel like, our offensive threat because now we're actually positioning defenses to have to adjust accordingly knowing that we have a threat like that downfield. So hindsight's twenty twenty. We picked up Diggs. It's a huge move. And um, there's also the conversation of if we win that game, how, how much further are we going given our uh, position? So, Corinne. Hey, Jay. How are you? Hey. Sorry, you just popped up. I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Special surprise. So, we got Williamsville in the house here tonight. Williamsville East, Williamsville Let's North. Go. <laughs> and and the next topic that I want to bring up, so Corinne, we go way back. I mean, I mean we're talking about 15 years now, uh, really good friends with her brother. And we always talked about, you know, our our futures when we were kind of coming up and going into sports media. And I, I think all the time, she texts me all the time about Buffalo Bill stuff. Let's get you out of it for a monthly segment. And I said, hey, this is perfect. We get you on tonight. But I think that yeah. being like a Buffalo Bills fan is something that it just – it's a little bit different. So I want you guys to talk about, we'll start with you, Jason, growing up in this culture and how it's evolved over the years and how you're able to still stay so connected to it. Cause you guys have both been away from Buffalo and still maintain that passion. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'll kick it off. And the funny thing is, is we still maintain that passion. And I saw Corinne at the Super Bowl, and we were like Josh Allen and all the Bills were behind us hanging out. It was awesome. Um, but I think the one thing is like just from an early age, like it was so instilled in our families that Sundays were Bills days. And like we had like I still have my Zubas when I was a kid. And if we could go to the game, which we'd go to like one or two a year, it was like a family affair. And so for us, it's just always been instilled for my parents and their parents. And it's just continued to move on. And it's just like a part of like our culture. And 
Yeah. No matter where we are, like all the time on a Sunday. So. So for everybody, yeah. So so for everybody that doesn't know, if you're just joining us, Jason's been kind enough to join us while he's driving to Buffalo. So there's going to be a little bit of uh, choppiness from time to time. Uh, but this is going great. Kring, go ahead. I think, as Jay was saying, it's just all we know. Growing up in Buffalo, we have the Bills, we have the Sabres, we have the food and the drinks, but that's all we know growing up in Buffalo. And, you know, you go to other cities, Jay's been to other cities as well now. We've experienced a lot of the map in the U.S. And if you look at going to away Bills games, the Bills fans seem to outmatch a lot of the home fans of whatever city we're at. It's, it's just something that's completely unmatched. I remember when I went to Mizzou, I was wearing the fact that I'm from Buffalo, like a badge of honor. Because one, people in the Midwest are like, you're from Buffalo? Like, where's Buffalo? They don't, you know, they don't care about Buffalo. But I'm like, I'm a Bills fan, you know, and then you've got your buddies on the on the football team that end up you know, getting drafted and things like that. So it's, it's so cool to see it come full circle and, and really just wearing that badge of honor. So speaking of badge of honor i i think that people wear their passion for their quarterback like a badge of honor in this city these days and you know people that are fans of josh allen you mentioned him a little bit earlier jason um it's a passionate group it's a passionate group because it's the i think i i tell people all the time especially like when i go around the you know country to different stadiums and particularly in new england where there i don't think people think very highly of josh as a a, a potential franchise quarterback I tell them, you don't understand. This this is two decades worth of incompetence at the position. So they're starting to see a guy who can make plays, who was sixth in the NFL, the entire NFL in total touchdowns last year. There's hope now, and, and there's work to be done. But what are your expectations, Jason, for, for Josh Allen, and, and what do you hope for in 2020? Yeah, I have, I have huge expectations for him. I think he was definitely a bright spot in last year's season. And I think you look at the intangibles and the tangibles, right? So the tangibles, he's a big boy. He's fast. He's strong. He's got an arm on him. And I think you look at some of the intangibles is he is, without a doubt, a leader that we haven't had in a while. Like you could see the way he leads. You could see his charisma. You could see the way people follow him. You could see the way he handles press uh, and the, the decisions he makes on and off the field. And I feel as though the quarterback is, is clearly like an icon and a leader for the whole team. And I think Josh Allen represents both Buffalo, our culture, our play, and what we need well. So I just see him having both sides of the equation as far as the tangibles and intangibles go is uh, fitting the role. And I'm super excited for what's next for him. Also coachable. I feel like he's extremely coachable, which is something uh, we haven't seen in a while. You know, Jason... I completely agree with everything that Jay just said. And I mean, that leads me to a question of we have this culture that we've built. Josh Allen is the epitome of Buffalo, in my opinion. He, he represents everything uh, that we love to, to brag about and be humble about as well. But what are your thoughts on our offseason acquisitions? Because we brought in some guys, I think Brandon Beaton said, we want dogs. We want guys that are hungry, that'll hunt. And you've got guys with bigger personality. You know, Stefan Diggs is undoubtedly a superstar, but then you've got, you know, your Mario Addison, these are some dogs in the trenches. So I just, what are your thoughts on the culture and what we added to the mix this offseason? Yeah, so I think if, um, 
I'll take this one. I don't know if that was directed towards me or everyone, but what I think is like, this is going to be a huge, huge test for him because we're bringing in talent. We're building the offense. There was obviously the, the conversation that we have Beasley, but what other support, what other threats does he have to manipulate defenses? He's got that now, right? He's got a, a, a leadership team that is putting money trades on the running side, on the outside, on the O-line. And so for now, this is like, to me, this is it. We've invested around him and it's time for him to like break up and be like the leader and player that we need him to do. And I think this year is going to be a huge test for him. So um, I like what we're doing around the ball. And I think that he's got a, he's got a big, big plate to manage, but if managed effectively, I think this could be an absolute year-changing career and lifetime and legacy for him because everyone is saying like Diggs, huge personality, but this is this is his time to say, listen, I'm the leader. We're going to work together. We're going to make this team the best on both sides of the ball. And I honestly think this is the this is the year for him to break out and create a legacy that's just greater than you know making a playoff appearance and having a good year statistically. You know, Jason, based on what you've seen from the Bills on social media, what you know about them, let's just hypothetically, a producer from The Bachelor calls you up and says, hey, we want to get an athlete on the show. Who's a Buffalo Bill that we could get to star on The Bachelor? Who would you pick? Oh, um, so when I, when over Thanksgiving, so I'm, I'm buddies with Chris Harrison and I have now become friends. And so when, when Dallas was beaten up or when, sorry, when bills were beaten up Dallas over Thanksgiving, I was just harassing the hell out of them via text. And he was just taking it. He had nothing other than referencing the nineties, which is so old. It's like, come on, buddy, come on with something else but the one thing he said was like you know what i'm a big beasley guy he's short like me but he gets the job done he's a little bit of an underdog but always comes through so i'm thinking if you know beasley would have a pretty solid shoe and given the fact that harrison's already a fan of him and he's uh, a former dallas cowboy so I think things up a little bit out there. So there, there's a few of them, but I think. I think he's uh, I think Cole is probably a good pick just because the hair. I mean, the guy has he's got a flow going. Uh, he came to Buffalo, he chopped it all off. And by the end of the season, I mean, when he was walking on the sidelines, I mean, that thing was just like looked like somebody had a fan on him. It, it, looked, it was it was luscious. So, no, I, I agree. I think Cole Beasley is a great is a great selection there. What about you, Corinne? Who do you think would be a great bachelor on the Bills? I think if we're talking personality, I'm liking the guy we just brought in with Stefan Diggs. I, I just you see him with his videos on social media. Like for me, when I'm watching The Bachelor, when I'm watching today, I knew he was going to perform that show because you're not going to find a guy with a better personality. Oh, Beasley, I don't know much about his personality. I know he's got the Russian blacks and he's you know he's killing it out there, but I don't have money like. The one thing like that Cole that. Beasley has is I, and also he can, he can rap um, for whoever he's wooing. So I think like <laughs> if he drops some sick beats on the show, like, <laughs> Hey, listen, if they're a hip hop, hip hop fan, I mean, he can, he can play with that. So we'll see. Um, but another thing I wanted to ask you, uh, and, and before we get to our final little segment here, cause you're driving, you're, you've been so awesome with your time. We're, 
We appreciate you fitting us in. We got a little uh, lightning round at the end that, that should be a little, a lot of fun. But you mentioned the yeah. season and about like if there's going to be a season. And so I wanted to ask you, A, how much of a bummer is that from a Bills fan perspective where, oh, hey, we're going to, you know, have a team that's probably, you know, uh, an AFC contender for the first time in how many years? And it's going to be in this weird season that could it happen, could it not happen? And if it does happen, will there be an asterisk next to everything? I mean, how how, how much of a bummer is that? I, th- I honestly think what the, what's most frustrating is that, you know, for, for whatever reasons that we could talk about probably for an hour, you know, Buffalo just doesn't get the airtime. We don't get the primetime games. We're not discussed as often as we should be. And, you know, people can attribute that to whatever they want to, ratings or total city population, whatever. But finally, we have a year where we have these, like, all a great schedule for primetime games and momentum's at our back, and it's the first year in how many that, from a Vegas odds perspective, we are favored to win the AFC East. And to know all that, there likely won't be – I don't know, the visibility or, um, you know, the fan base at the event, right? Like, this is the year we're, we're rocking and rolling, and now one of our biggest assets, which I think is visibility and fanship, you know, is there's a huge uh, asterisk that we'll even be able to for us. But I think, as per usual, we just got to push through. And I saw on the schedule, which is a much more difficult schedule this year than last year, but we're back in Nashville and I was at the Nashville game last year and I'm telling you, I couldn't count 10 freaking Tennessee Titans fan in the whole stadium and to see downtown Nashville, the whole street of Broadway just swarming with Buffalo Bills jerseys everywhere. We took over the city and I feel like that's a factor we really could use at our backs that we, that that could not be there, which sucks, which absolutely sucks. So, Jen, what do you think? How do we combat that? I mean, you talked to all the Bills players. It's Bills Mafia, Bills Mafia. The, the stadium was booming. It was loud. What do we do if we can't provide that for our team? That's the biggest question mark I have for this season. Yeah, that is. I mean, if, if things are continuing to be, like, virtual the way they are, I, I don't know how we could, like, have, I don't know, watch somehow, like, virtual watch parties, um, we could do th- th- like community building, virtual things like before the game to show our support, get these guys out on social media, let them know how much like we're praising them, pump their tires. And I think most importantly, like we can't beat the shit out of these guys. You know, I don't, you know they have a bad game. They have a bad day. Like I feel like yeah, not just Bills fans, Alls fans, but a Monday morning just like absolutely tearing them up. And I feel like we got to continue to come together, support the young team and just build momentum, you know, virtually from social media and from every angle we can. I like it. Very good. All right, so Ryan, kick us off here. We're going to do a little bit of a lightning round. Um, you had a great idea and, and kind of give Jason a bunch of different questions about what, what he likes best of Buffalo. Uh, shout out to our guys over at Trainwreck Sports who did the best of Buffalo bracket during the quarantine. That was a fun time. Um, but what, kick us off. What, throw some questions out here. Yeah, so it's kind of like a rose ceremony of sorts. I'll give you two options here for my first question. You guys can come around too and come in as well. Uh, And then you can pick one or the other that you would give that rose to. So, you know, we did talk a little bit about the chicken wing joint. So instead of giving you two options here, if you had to give a rose to any chicken wing joint in Buffalo, what would it be and what would the wing be in terms of like what kind of wing? 
Oh, that's a really good question. Um, what kind of wing? All right, so I'm I'm a big flats guy. So I will always always get flats, and I want extra crispy. And the thing is, thing about buffalo is like you can go all over the country. By the way, I can't figure out why no other city can make a good chicken wing, but you can go all over the country and get like their own style char. I really like just a good old fashioned buffalo hot wing. And I think, I don't think Duff's has the actual best wing, but I think their sauce is some of the best. So I would go with like a medium hot, extra crispy flat from probably a medium hot to hot at Duff's. Okay. Uh, beef on wick or buffalo pizza? Uh, beef on wick all day. How about you, Corinne? Brand? What's your go-to? Buffalo pizza or beef on wick? I'd say buffalo pizza all day. Wow. wow. All right. all day. Where's, your go- where's your go-to buffalo pizza? Amherst Ale House. That's true. Three, three, four, three or four times a week back in the day. The best pizza place in town. You got your jersey hanging there, don't you? Yeah, they do. Uh, (laughs) Nepotism. Nepotism. I'm calling you out, Corinne. (laughs) I was loyal to them before my jersey was up there. Let's be real. I'm just kidding. I love Amherst Ale House, and I I actually just recently had the Crown Royal wing, barbecue Mm -hmm. wing, bomb. So I I sign off on that. Very nice. Our next business meeting will be there. (laughs) There you go. All right. I guess this is a controversial one for people of Buffalo. Ranch or blue cheese? Ooh. This is blue cheese all day. I don't know if Jay's frozen. Yeah, yeah he, he, might be, be he might be frozen. So you'll, you'll have to take this one over here. There's no doubt. No hesitation. It's blue cheese. Yeah, like there's been this thing. There was this thing on, on uh, social media recently. Uh, first of all, I got called out. Uh, I, I like a little take a little <laughs> sidestep here and talk about this. Okay. About the way that I ate my chicken wing on a video that was released recently. And I was eating it very dainty like because I was at an appearance and I didn't want to get the wing sauce all over my beard. And so I was kind of eating it. I don't always eat them like that, but for that day, I kind of did. So I apologize. But I will say, um, I, I agree. We got Jason back in here. Uh, I agree. I froze blue, there. Sorry, guys. Blue cheese all the way. Come in here. Don't let us down here, Jason. Blue cheese or ranch? Oh, that's the easiest. Blue cheese. Blue cheese. And yeah, everyone like everyone in the uh, this is like a big point of contention in the Bachelor Mansion. Every one of those dudes was using ranch for their pizza and their chicken wings, and it was like the most nauseating thing. And I bought them all Rudy's blue cheese and like sent to their house. So nice. blue cheese all day. <laughs> she she should have picked you just for that take alone, my friend. <laughs> right? Come on. <laughs> And there's no sexy way to eat a chicken wing. Let's just clarify that one, too. Exactly. exactly. It's true. It's true. Somebody told me, oh, I'll call him out, Rico from Buffalo Fanatics. He eats his chicken wings with sour cream. I never heard of that before. That's no. That's awful. Oh, Thank you. I, I can't imagine that. I will send him this clip. I appreciate that. <laughs> Although I can't stand when people eat chicken wings with a fork. Like, put your fork down and eat the yeah. chicken Yeah. Get your hands dirty. Let's go. <laughs> That's All right, right, one one more food and drink question: Loganberry or sponge candy? Mm. I'm going sponge candy every day of the week on that one. How about you guys? Sponge candy. I love I love Loganberry. I, that was like a treat for me when I'd go up to Buffalo. Uh, I don't know if it was in or where, but they'd always have it. Filtering food was always a big deal to me. So I'm 
Huckleberry. When's the last time you had it, Ryan? Actually, there's a place here in Olean where I live that actually has it in like a fountain drink form with their pizza place. So I've had it somewhat recently. And you liked it? I did. It held up. It held up my expectations. I held, I had it recently and I about, and I about puked. So I'm going to go with sponge candy. <laughs> and I don't even like sponge candy, but I'm going to say no to Loganberry. I loved it growing up too, but recently I had it and it just didn't agree with me. All right, I got one for you guys. If you have, if it's a, all three guys, if you have a late night and you need some drunk food, are you going Mighty Taco or Jim's Steakout? Yes. Go ahead. What'd you say, Corinne? Jim's. Okay. I don't know if Ryan knows this because he's out. Have you ever had Mighty Taco, Ryan? I have. Okay. I, I, I might, this might be a hot take, but I think Taco Bell is better than Mighty Taco. So Jim's 100% from. Wow. I don't, a Mighty Taco doesn't do nothing for him. Oh, we're going to shut your microphone off for the rest of the, the time here. That's oh. the most unbuffalonian thing I've ever heard come out of somebody's mouth. <laughs> and I will say, Jim's Steakout, I will say, is premier drunk food. I even get it sometimes at 2 in the morning when I'm not drunk because I like their food so much. So I'm going to go there. But I think Monday Taco, that's 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 absolute lunacy. What about you, Jason? I'm unpopular opinion, but I'm going Mighty Taco because I every time I go back to Buffalo, I tell my buddies like, "Oh, I gotta stop the Mighty Taco." They're like, "Are you kidding me?" Like that's it's lost its thing. Not for me. I'm obsessed with it. And anyone that says Taco Bell is, I almost crashed my car. I mean, Taco <laughs> Bell doesn't even they don't even melt the cheese or put the hot sauce on for you. Like, that's come true. On. You back. Yeah, I'll give you that. <laughs> They have more options, though, than my I've never even had Taco Bell. I just know better than that you can stop there. <laughs> and that's, Someone, I, I love that. that's pretty cool. You want to know what it is? You, did, you left Buffalo, and so you didn't have a lot of fast food taco options, and you still chose not to go Taco Bell. So I think that tells us what, what we need to know about Ryan's choices here. All my friends have been too know about Mighty Taco. They've never been there, but they know about it. I think it got hyped up so much for me. People like, oh, you got to go to Mighty Taco. You got to go. And then I went, I'm like, it's a, it's a taco. It's just, I don't know. So Too I'll, much hype. I'll, I'll add to this yeah, that I think yep. that for Ryan, it's probably tough. Like for, for us growing up here, um, Mighty Taco was a staple of our childhood, not only as young ch- like children going with our families, but also through high school, like especially Williamsville North. I remember everybody went to Mighty Taco on Friday nights and like it was kind of like a hangout. There's this nostalgia that comes along with it. Um, I, I, I think the food over the years, I've kind of grown away from it. I mean, Chipotle is coming along and uh, Cafe Rio, which I lived in Vegas for five years and we don't have any in Buffalo. So I moved back. <laughs> I said, um, no, Buddy Taco is a, is a great uh, old school option. I love it. I love it. Awesome. Well, Jason, we, we kept you here for almost 45 minutes. Uh, you're driving. You've, you've stayed safe, and we, we appreciate you taking the time. What, what do you got going on? What, what, where can people find you? Because I know you got, you, you got, you're jumping on podcasts. You're doing all this kind of stuff. It, it, staying active. Yeah, so my Instagram and uh, Twitter is all just Jason underscore Tardic. And um, the newest project we've been working on is called Restart. So anyone that's kind of lost uh, professionally, personally, or financially, 
actually. It's a community that really helps in, in wellness, education, inspiration in that world. And, you know, we're uh, interviewing really prominent people who have found a ton of success and, you know, asking them less about like where they are today, but more some of the lessons they learned along the way that you just can't learn in, uh, in a classroom or textbook. And through it, we've got some great guests like uh, from the NFL, we got Reggie Bush. Uh, today we had Sean Johnson and Andrew East. Andrew East is a former NFL player, Sean Johnson, the gymnast Olympian. We've had a bunch of the Sharks. So it's going well. And we got, I just signed a book deal with um, Harper Collins to uh, write two books under the Restart name. So it's been the newest venture and um, one that's really making an impact. So it's, uh, it's exciting. Well, this has been awesome. Um, thanks again. Drive safely. Enjoy Buffalo. What, what parts you can enjoy uh, during this kind of funky time. Uh, and I, I, hopefully we can catch up during the season because I, I have a feeling we're going to have a lot to talk about if this thing goes down. Yeah, that would be awesome. Definitely let me know. I appreciate you guys having me on. Good luck with everything. And Corinne, what a nice surprise. I had no idea you were popping in, so good to see you. I know. I thought about shooting you a text before, but I figured, you know, about a couple years ago around this time, Jay and I walked out at Tori and John Tico's wedding, and I gave Jay a rose right after his episode or his season came out, and we had Robbie throwing down the Bills hat. We had, like, the craziest walkout entrance to the Tico wedding, and I just wanted to let you know I'm actually with Tori and John. We were talking about it, so we're living those good memories. <laughs> That is awesome. I can't believe that was two years ago. Fun, quick, funny story with that one is like when you said, Rob, I didn't realize the whole Instagram thing. And I took the video of Rob at Tico's wedding and he took the Buffalo Bills hat and he grog spiked it. And the video somehow ended up on like the front page of USA Today. Like, oh, yeah. Rob spikes his Buffalo Bills hat. And Tico and Tori sent it to me like, the next day, like, hey, our wedding made the headlines. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> That's amazing. It's a bunch of random old guys from back in the day, and half of them are famous now. We got Jay, Robbie. These boys are crazy. <laughs> oh, God. Fun stuff. Gotta love it. What a great crew. Yep. Well, thanks again. I appreciate you guys letting me on, too. For sure. All right, Jason, we're going to close things up with a little segment here with Corinne. We'll let you go. Drive safe. Thanks again. Awesome. All right, guys. Take care. All the best. Bye-bye. Bye, Jay. All right. That was awesome. I was so glad that you were on uh, for that because it it, it definitely looked like he enjoyed it. But I want to tell people a little bit about you and and what I want to kind of do here monthly if we can work it into your busy schedule. You know, every time something's going on in in, in the Bills land, Corinne's usually texting me uh, about it in some way. Hey, what's going on? When I first got back, she's like, Oh, okay. You're back on the Bills beat. You're going to be my guy. I'm going to be texting you about like, you know, what players we're going to get, all this kind of stuff. She's got great takes. Follow her on Twitter. What's your uh, Twitter handle so everybody knows? Corinne G16. There it is. Yep. (laughs) And we're going to do a monthly uh, segment where you're going to come on and just fire whatever. Instead of having to text me, you can come on the podcast and you can fire your questions off. I'm doing this with my Uncle Tony, too. I think think people – like it because it's, you know, I think there's fan involvement is, is greater than ever. And, you know, we talked back in the day about you potentially maybe even looking into a career going on ESPN. And, and so I think you were built for this. So I want to get you out of here, but before we start with the bills questions, and I know you got a couple that we were going to get into here, yep. let me see if this works. So I want to play this and I want to talk a little bit about it. Let's see if it works here. All right. That was Corinne, Corinne at, let everybody know, where was that at? It was inside Viking stadium, right? Yep, that was on a work trip. Um, actually, we were at Minnesota Vikings Stadium. 
uh, for our mid-year meeting. And it was funny because my quarterback, Matt McCormick, great guy, he's a mentor to me. He knew, you know, I had an athletic background. He, he knew we had one chance because everybody else there had no idea I had any football background or sporting passions or anything like that. So it was one and done. And, um, you know, put the guy in a blender, as they were all saying. <laughs> two, two weeks later, no joke, two weeks later, the guy quit. I mean, quit. He was gone. <laughs> because of the shame? I, I guess so. He was <laughs> wow. Well, so how did it? Okay, first of all, so if if you watch that video, you can find it on uh, TikTok. Is where I took it off of. It had two million views on the Barstool account, where Corinne absolutely just undressed this dude on the field. And but what's funny is how did what happened in the lead up to this? Because I still don't think I've ever asked you this. Was he talking some stuff? It was like ah, I could cover you, and then it, it went from there. Oh yeah. So I mean, a bunch of the guys were running routes on each other, and I I always look around because I always look for an opportunity to. Get involved, play with the guys. I love it. I love to get better with it. When I walk up, you know, I'm I'm over in one area and I see the routes taking place. So I, I get over there real quick. And Matt's like, Crin, you've got one shot. They're gonna know you run a route. They're gonna know if you don't catch it, if I don't throw it right, it's over, right? So they'll all know at this point. So we run the route, and the guy's like, his name was Matt as well. And he's like, you know, Matt. I said, I'm gonna put you in a blender. You have no idea. He's like, well, let's see it, let's see it. So then, of course go right away and you hear the guys reactions that all my friends in the background other colleagues and co-workers they had no idea um you know just the passion i have for sports and the athletic background so it was a great opportunity to get to know other co-workers as well it was you know a huge meeting and we rented out the whole vikings facility but it definitely helped me a little bit with my career as well opened up some job opportunities <laughs> that's awesome and Obviously, if you don't know, Corinne is a, a little bit of a local legend, played softball at Williamsville North, one of the best softball players to, to come out of this area, went on to Missouri, played there, uh, and had a great career there as well. But now you are in your career, you're, you're doing your business thing, but we're going to talk some bills. So I want you to, every 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 month, we're going to do a segment where she's going to come on the podcast and fire off some of whatever's on your mind when it comes to the team. So 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 kick us off, and and Ryan and I will uh, discuss as uh, with you all these questions. I'll tell you my instant thoughts of, you know, recapping last year, you know, we're talking about how Cole Beasley is, you know, very reliable. That's all we had last year. My thoughts is he dropped a lot of balls last year. I don't think if you ask Cole Beasley how his year went, I think he would be upset that he had a young quarterback who really trusted him. I think he dropped a lot of balls and, and our team across the board dropped a lot of balls. So in order for Josh to put up the numbers he did last year with being one of the top teams in the league with drops, it's, I think there's just so much more to come. I think Cole's hard on himself. He's a hard worker. I think Stefan Diggs is a hard worker. Like these, these guys are really determined this year. They've got their quarterback. He's now going into year three, building confidence. Um, I expect to see a totally different receiving core. Um, even our vets from last year as well. It's so funny you bring up Cole Beasley because I was just watching back the Baltimore Ravens game. And in that game, he dropped one. Uh, he ran kind of like a like a, a out fly pattern down the left sideline. And he, he laid out. Josh put it on him pretty good, and he just dropped it. Yeah. And, you know, obviously Dawson Knox gets a lot of the, uh, you know, a, a lot of the knocks for, for, for dropping passes. I think he had 10, which is second or third in the league last year. But he was a rookie tight end. And. He right. didn't have a lot of production at the, at the um, college level. But, yeah, I think that it's it, it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, Josh is, is very 
um, positive about how this thing is going to work with all of these mouths to feed. But that's going to be interesting because if you go back to the Houston game, Ryan, we remember being in that locker room and talking to Cole. He was visibly upset. Obviously, they just lost. But about he, he basically said, I did what I could with the opportunities I was given. And, and Duke Williams was given a lot of opportunities. And Cole had to kind of make make things happen with the small amount that he got. And he made a big play on the drive to set up the field goal. He made a big play on third and 10. And so it'll be interesting. I think a lot of pressures on Brian Dable. And I think a lot of pressures on Josh Allen to make sure that everybody in this offense is um, effectively being used and they're being put in a position to make plays. Yeah, I would love to know at the end of the day what that decision-making was because there were a few times where he was over on the sidelines, and I think a lot of people were kind of looking around up in the press box saying, is there something wrong with him? Is he hurt? Uh, he, he wasn't on the field as much as I think a lot of people anticipated. And, and then when it comes to the drops, which you mentioned, uh, I have to wonder how much of it was Cole's first year with Josh Allen, Austin's first year with Josh Allen. Josh throws a, a you know, it, it's he said something on this uh, Mark Sanchez podcast that he said, if you get in front of a bus, expect to get hit, something along those lines, because he puts so much fire behind those passes. So you're hoping that in year two for both of those players with Josh Allen, that they they kind of know that those passes come in pretty fast. They might not be exactly where they need to be, but they know about the velocity, and maybe that will help them. John Brown seemed to have a pretty good grasp on calling in those passes last year, but he'll even probably be better. He'll be going against opposing number two cornerbacks. And then, you know, Stephon Diggs, uh, he might take some time to get used to that, but uh, Diggs is another pro where I think that uh, he'll get it together pretty quickly if there is a season this year. So you're right. There's a lot of mouths to feed in this offense. Again, Allen just uh, recently saying that he expects Dawson Knox to be a top 10 tight end this season. So a lot of expectations, but, you know, Josh isn't shying away from it whatsoever. Yeah, I completely agree. And not only the fact that he can run, I, I think that opens up the field for him big time. Um, you know, obviously we want to preserve his body. That's key number one to this. But he's been working on his deep ball all offseason. You see the videos that people are posting. He's working hard at, at the things he's weak at right now, and that's all we can ask for, to have the ability to have the weapons to see him putting in the time. He, he looks bigger to me. I didn't know it was possible. He looks like he's putting on muscle. Like it, it'll be very interesting seeing now, you know, I always say Cam Newton and him, similar body types to have them both in the AFC East. They're big boys playing quarterback. So they will be hard running. It's funny. You, you mentioned the deep ball because I didn't post a story on this yet. I, I may still, um, because I posted a lot from a recent interview that Josh did. And this one just didn't make it make the cut yet. But Jordan Palmer actually said that he thinks that Josh Allen's going to become the best deep ball throw in the NFL. And obviously, Jordan works with Josh Allen. He has a vested interest, a bias. But I think that the belief remains there with people closest to Josh and the way that you hear Brandon Bean talk about him and, and Sean McDermott and Brian Dable and, 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 by extension, Jordan Palmer, that he can develop into the kind of player that they envisioned him becoming when they drafted him. And you talk about the, the mechanics and developing the deep ball. I think all of the, um, the flooding of knowledge that's, that's kind of been streamlined to um, – oh, here Let's see here. Let me see if we can get this going here. Can you hear us? Can you hear us? Okay, she's hopefully in here. I don't know if she can hear us. Hey, sorry about that, guys. Oh no, no problem. So, if you 
you know, you talk about all of the flooding of information that Josh Allen has had this offseason. He's talked to Brett Favre. He's talked to Peyton Manning. He spent a couple hours with Tony Romo at the Super Bowl and talked about how meaningful these conversations have been to him and the things that he's learned going into a very important year three. I think that what you and Jason were talking about earlier, he has been positioned for success with the way that the team is built around him and also the kind of people that he's put around him in terms of building his knowledge base and trying to figure out how to be a, the best quarterback can he, that he can be. I'm, I'm very bullish on the chances of him being really good this season, Ryan. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And then you throw in the fact that he's working with guys like Sam Darnold. And he's, he, yes. Uh, and he's mentioned kind of throwing the, you know, hey, taking Matt, advice. Hey, what are your thoughts on Pam Mahomes' contract? Oh, he can't hear. Um, hang on one second, Corinne. Go ahead, Ryan. I'll pull you in oh, in a second. Okay. okay. So, you know, uh, working with Sam Darnold, they bounce ideas off of each other. He has Kyle Allen there. Having also some NFL quarterbacks to work with on a regular basis, I think that – uh, helps him significantly. You mentioned all those other guys that he that he's uh, talked to. He really seemed to take that advice from Tony Romo to heart in terms of working on certain mechanics. Uh, I, I do think this guy's the limit because if he can get that deep ball down, we saw what he did last year in the intermediate area. We saw what he did in third and long situations last year. So he's improving his game in certain areas every year. So if that deep ball is the next part of, of his uh, of where he goes, then yeah, he could easily. Uh, ascend into one of those upper echelon quarterbacks league. I like it. So you brought up Patrick Mahomes. Big, big story this week. What's your, what's your question? Hey, can you guys hear me? I can't hear Ryan. Uh, My question about Pat Mahomes on my end is simply that is big boy baseball money right there. (laughs) And it's very well deserved. I, I think Pat Mahomes is a superstar. I am not one of the Buffalo Bills fans who's bitter um, that we didn't get him to, in full transparency. I think, you know, there's a right place and right time. I think Tredavious White is phenomenal character and, and player um, for the draft and what we got out of that. So I'm not bitter. I love Josh Allen. But I am curious, if Josh keeps progressing year by year, is that a is that going to be the new structure of contracts for these young superstars? And I'm going to call Josh a young superstar. Uh, is, is that something we could see in Buffalo, you guys think? No, and I think that with Josh and why he's kind of – and and I would put almost everybody else in a similar category. I mean, even to a lesser degree, Deshaun Watson, who I think everybody is talking about him getting a big contract. You know, Pat Mahomes was a 50-touch passing touchdowns MVP in his first season in the league. I mean, he was a second-year player, but it was his first season playing. He's kind of like a – a diamond in the rough. I mean, this this is obviously just this crazy contract, and I think guys like Dak and guys like Deshaun Watson are going to probably try to use it to their advantage to get the kind of money that they want. But I think for Buffalo in Buffalo's case and where they're at in the next two three years, Josh Allen has you know while I think he played a lot better than he, than his rookie season last year, even if he comes out here and has and, and improves again and the Bills go far in the playoffs, I still don't think it's the kind of production that a Pat Pat Mahomes has already kind of shown you that he's able to do on the biggest stage of them all. I mean, he was bad in that Super Bowl for three quarters. I mean, you go back and watch that game. And I, 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 I was saying to somebody watching that game, man, I I don't think this would be too big for Josh Allen. Look, watch the way that Pat, Pat Mahomes is playing right now. He's kind of, you know, for lack of a better term, shit in the bed here a little bit. And then all of a sudden the fourth quarter comes and he turns on that, 
that next level, that elite level Pat Mahomes that, you know, I don't think anybody else in the league could have done that on that kind of stage right now. And so I I just don't disagree with you. I will say the supporting cast as a rookie that you have, I mean, Josh has been put, he was put in an open, almost impossible situation with the supporting cast he had his rookie year and last year. I mean, it, it was unbelievable the difference. Pat Mahomes has the best receiving core as a, as a rookie and moving on. You know, like that can't be undermined. I, I don't believe so. I definitely don't think you can under undervalue the weapons that he has, and, and especially Travis Kelsey. I, I, I will maintain that having a really good tight end is almost like a, a, a you know – a cheat code for a quarterback. I mean, you look at what Jimmy Garoppolo was, has been able to do with George Kittle. I still, I still maintain that I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is even as good as he played last year. But because you have a guy, I mean, I think it was I was listening to the radio today, and 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 somebody was on there saying pro pro football talk calls George Kittle the best player that's not a quarterback in the NFL, best offensive player in the NFL that's not a quarterback, and so. That's valuable. And Travis Kelsey is right up there with him. So to your point, yeah, he's got weapons. I mean, Tyreek Hill, uh, they went out and got McCole Hardman, uh, who could be the next iteration of Hill because they're probably not going to be able to pay him because they're not going to be able to pay a lot of people now. <laughs> right. what, are your, what are your thoughts, Ryan? No, I, I agree with that. And I think, you know, Greg Olson's not in the same category as either of those tight ends you mentioned. But I think that's one reason why the Bills showed some interest in Olson earlier this offseason. Get a guy in there that Josh could really develop some chemistry with as you're still developing Dawson Knox and as you're still developing uh, Tommy Sweeney and, and you're trying to bring Tyler Croft along. So obviously that move didn't work out, but the value of having a tight end like that is so important for a young quarterback. So the Bills can only hope that that's what Knox becomes, or even if it's outside of that, because there's not a lot of George Kittles in this league. There's not a lot of Travis Kelsey's. Uh, but the Bills have done a nice job of building this offense around Josh with those young tight ends, with these uh, this trio of wide receivers, which probably rivals what the Chiefs have, at least at the wide receiver position. So it, it's going to be really interesting because now, there, not that there were excuses in the past, but now Josh has everything that he needs to excel. So now it's up to him to actually do it. All right, we're playing a nice little game of uh, tag here because uh, for whatever reason, when we I think when we put people in and out of this chat and we were having the same problem earlier with Jason, it, we, we, we struggle with the uh, audio connecting. But let's do one more, Corinne, uh, on our first go around here. This has been an awesome episode. It was fun to have you on with Jason. Uh, last question, uh, what do you got for us? So I'm thinking, you know, Buffalo as a whole, right? We're all proud. We've been talking about Buffalo as a whole. Um, I'm curious what you guys think about Kim Pagula and where her hand stands with the Sabres and the Bills. Um, you know, looking at it for me, I just see the Bills. Seems like from top to bottom, they've really figured out an identity. They've figured out a culture that they're looking for. Um, you know, people just absolutely love the direction the Bills are heading on a national level. And it's weird to have the same ownership, the same management, not have that same type of feeling for the Sabres. So what are your guys' thoughts? Is it is it too much on the plate of Kim Pagula to be the president of both? Where do you guys think that's going to be? You know, what's lacking there to get us back where we need to be for the Sabres? Because when the Sabres were good, Buffalo was booming as well. Why don't you take this, start this one off, Ryan? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that's a great question. I think that uh, Kim gets a lot of criticism, first and foremost. And obviously, with all the personnel turnover with Sabres especially, some of that is warranted. But at the same time, the results haven't been there. So after so much time, you do have to kind of pull the plug on some of those um, coaches, GMs, 
people in the front office, maybe they've done it a little bit too soon. Maybe it's a red flag to people outside of Buffalo that the Sabres could end up trying to pursue. And those people would be like, well, listen, no, you're getting rid of these people so quickly. So they didn't luck into Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott on the bills, which a lot of people seem to believe they did their homework. They, they were the most impressive for the jobs. They just haven't hit right on the Sabres. And I, I can't, I can't criticize them for wanting to keep changing or turning the page, so to speak, with the Sabres and the moves that they're trying to do there. Uh, but you just have to hope that this latest move here, especially bringing in someone that doesn't have uh, the GM experience, he's been with the organization for something like nine years now, you have to hope that something sticks, though, because as there's more and more turnover, I think it's going to be harder and harder to take that team that organization seriously. I think... Um... One of the biggest problems that I've kind of um, observed being back here for two years and watching it up close and personal is I think that they do a lot of things without thinking it through and, and the optics on a lot of the, the, the things that they say and the, and the decisions that they make. They're doing a really good job on the bill side of things like I, there's not a lot to criticize. But, you know, you just take, uh, you know, one recent incident and, you know, the three weeks between them saying that Jason Botterill is our guy to three weeks later when they basically just completely rearranged their executive team uh, on the Sabre side. And I think that kind of instability or uh, that kind of unrest or uncertainty, I just don't think it plays well to a fan base that's been, you know, let's be honest, both fan bases for as as great as Terry and Kim are for coming in here and saving the teams, you know, what good is having a team if you're not winning and, and, and you don't have a chance to win and year after year after year that, you know, the, the support, especially in the bill side where I'm much more familiar. I mean, even in the best of times, I was never really a super big uh, Sabres guy um, just because hockey is not really my thing. But I think that, you know, the way that the city has supported this team the last two decades with just an absolute joke of a football team, I think you want to reward that. And I think down deep, I don't, th that's one thing I will argue. I don't think Terry and Kim Pagula are ever sitting there thinking like, eh, well, we'll mail it in. Like whatever. If we don't win, we yeah. don't win. They want to win just as bad as anybody else. I guarantee you that you just have to put the people in place that you can trust. And I think now that they've kind of gone through so many things and experiences. And I tell this to people all the time that want to tell me that guys coming into the NFL, this is, baseline level stuff, whatever you do, whether you're a football player, a paper boy, even though that doesn't really exist anymore, <laughs> a garbage man, you know, whatever, a, a, a carpenter, you get better with practice, with experience. And so I think for, you know, Josh Allen, uh, uh, Kim Pagula, as each experience comes at them and they're faced with making decisions and learning from those decisions and choices, that's when you can start to really evolve and and become better at what you're trying to do and you just hope that everything they've seen on both sides of things now that they can start to move in the right direction for the sake of bills fans and, and sabers fans but uh they listen <laughs> it's sports at the end of the day too let's let's, let's we, we got some crazy stuff happening in this world right now like you just let, let's get these let's get these games back so we can watch these games and enjoy these games and uh, we'll go from there. But Corinne Genovese, thank you so much for taking some time tonight. This was awesome. We're going to do this, hopefully make it a, a monthly thing. Uh, we had Jason Tartik on the show today. If you're just popping in here, I know we shared this uh, 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 across all of our channels. 
Uh, we're going to end this shortly. You can go back and watch it on replay, our whole interview with him. He was great. Uh, driving to Buffalo, uh, doing an interview. He, he did it like a pro. Uh, thanks to Ryan for setting that up. Uh, Ryan, anything that uh, you want to add before we get out of here? No, not, nothing too much. Just uh, keep an eye out. Bills fans, Matt and I will start getting some positional previews out there as we get closer and closer to training camp. Uh, keep listening to the podcast. Thank you for your continued support. Yes, Surrey, Corinne, have a great night. Have a great weekend. Thanks again for coming on. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. I look forward to next month as well. Awesome. All, All right. right. This has been Shout, uh, the Buffalo Football Podcast. We're going to get out of here. Uh, make sure, uh, come back next week. I think we have a cool Syracuse, uh, a special Syracuse guest. We'll see uh, if, that, if that can get work out. If not, we'll be back in two weeks. Uh, we'll have something cooking for you guys. Have a great night.